Happy Easter, church. One of the words we tend to use a lot as Christians is the word gospel. Share the gospel, believe the gospel, trust gospel. But what does that term gospel really mean? Well, in Jesus' day, gospel referred to the proclamation of the new reign of a king. So when we're talking about a gospel, it would refer to the news that a king had come and had defeated their enemies and the gospel went out through all the lands to let everyone know that there was a new king. Well, think about that image when you flip open to any one of the four gospel accounts, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you read the story of the life of Jesus, you see the story of a, of a man who becomes a king, but not in the way that you would expect. And so as we think about the life of this person, of Jesus, we use these two terms, gospel and good news, interchangeably. So the follow-up question is naturally, what's good about the gospel? Or why is the gospel good news? Why is the fact that there's a new king good news? Well, that new king, the enemy that, that he defeated, is sin and death. And that new king achieved the greatest victory that any king could ever achieve. And that's good news, not just for us, but for the whole world. And Easter Easter's about that victory. It's about that gospel going throughout all the land that the king had been victorious, that Jesus had won. And so this gospel, it's not just a little bit of moral advice saying do this or don't do this. It's not a little bit of private spirituality for you to hold on to for yourself. This gospel is an announcement to the whole world that there is a new king who has come to reign. So as I was scrolling around Facebook recently, I saw a little show called Some Good News or SGN. It's a, it's a show that John Krasinski or Jim from The Office, you might know him as, he's been hosting it. And what he does is he, he just brings in little pieces of good news for people to see to encourage them and comfort them. And in the second episode, he had on this little 10 or 11-year-old girl who loves the Hamilton, Hamilton play, which is a Broadway show that's in New York and other cities. And she loves Hamilton so much, and her parents had gotten her tickets, but the show had been canceled. And so this little girl is so sad that she doesn't get to go and see her favorite play. And so Krasinski has her on the show and they're talking about it and he promises to bring her to New York to see the show. And as they're talking, slowly, each character from Hamilton pops up. First, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the director and main character, and then the other characters all start popping into that same Zoom. It's awesome. And as the characters pop in, you just see this little girl light up. She's so, so excited. And it's super adorable. I, by the end of it, I was even tearing up a little bit, just watching the joy of this little girl. It's absolutely beautiful. And I was, as I was reflecting on this Afterwards, I thought about the name that Krasinski picked for his show, Some Good News. And I really like that name because in the world that we're in right now with the coronavirus and all the pain and suffering and death in our world, we do need some good news. We need something to make us smile a little bit, to make us feel happy and to comfort and encourage us. So I love it for that reason, but I also really like that Krasinski's really honest. It's just some good news. As in the fact that a little girl gets to 
virtually meet some Hamilton characters doesn't really change our lives. It isn't a ton of good news or life-changing good news. It's just a little bit of good news. So I, I like that Krasinski's honest about that fact because as fun as the show is, I'm pretty sure that no one is going to be totally comforted by some good news. If you're sick or someone you know is sick or if someone you know has passed away from this virus or passed away from something else, the pain and suffering that is characteristic of our lives, especially right now, but at other times too, we need good news. So if we need more than some good news, what would be a ton of good news? Well, right now, a ton of good news would be that all the deaths had stopped that the virus was defeated, that we could go back out and go to our jobs and see our family and, be, and see our friends and not be alone and isolated anymore. That would be a lot of good news. But the other piece that we have to be honest about is that even when this virus is defeated, even when there's immunity and there's a vaccine and we can be safe from this virus, there's going to be another virus. There's going to be another pandemic. This doesn't actually solve our bigger problem. And I, and I don't mean to be morbid here or to downplay the deadliness of this virus specifically. But what I do mean to say is that what we're realizing right now as human beings, all of us are realizing, is that our greatest enemy is death. The greatest enemy is death. Death is the one thing that we can't seem to solve. Because even, even when we fix this virus and things go back to normal, people are still dying. We just won't be talking about it as much. The greatest enemy is death. This isn't a new problem. If, if you read scripture from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve disobey God and sin in the Garden of Eden... The culmination of the curse in Genesis 3 is from dust you are and to dust you shall return. Or in more common language, what that means is you are mortal and you're going to die. So that becomes our biggest problems as, human, as humans from our very first parents that we're going to die. That we've been separated from the God who created us. And whether we believe that piece or not, we are going to die. Or as the Apostle Paul puts it in his letter to the Romans, death spread to all people because all sinned. So right now we're asking the age-old question, can we live forever? Can we overcome death? And while we will be able to overcome this virus, we won't be able to overcome death. So we see that our two problems are interconnected. The one problem is our sin, and the other problem is death. Those two problems are connected, and we don't know how to overcome them. There's a philosopher named Nicholas Wolterstorff who had a son who passed away in a tragic climbing accident several years ago. And here's what he said as he wrestled emotionally with God about the loss of his son. He said, we have overcome absence with phone calls, winglessness with airplanes, summer heat with air conditioning. When we've overcome all these and much more besides, then there will abide two things, 
with which we must cope, the evil in our hearts and death. Those are the two things we can't overcome, the evil in our hearts and death. Those are the two things that we need some good news to speak to. But we don't just need some good news. We need a lot of good news. But church, that's what Easter is about. Easter is about the good news of Jesus, which comes to speak to those two problems. Christianity is the only worldview that speaks to those two problems, the evil in our hearts and our impending death. The Apostle Paul sums it up in 1 Corinthians 15. Here's what he says. He says, if in Christ we have hope in this life alone, we are of all people to be most pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep, meaning those who have died. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Because of our sin, because of the evil in our hearts, we deserve to die. That's what it says in Romans. The wages of sin is death. Because of the evil in our hearts, we deserve to die. And we're going to die. We all know that we're going to die. And so Good Friday is about Jesus dealing with the evil in our hearts. On Good Friday, Jesus, the one who never sinned, who had no evil in his heart, took our evil. He took our sin on himself, and he paid the price for that. That's what Jesus does on Good Friday. That's why we call it good, because it's him paying for our sin. But that only solves the, per the first part of our problem, the first part, the evil in our hearts. That doesn't solve our death, because when Jesus dies... He's dead. And, and where do we go from there? But as Jesus lay in that tomb, when God raised him from the dead, death doesn't have the final word. When God raises Jesus from the dead, he destroys death. And because Jesus' tomb ends up being empty, because when Mary goes and looks to, to go to Jesus' tomb and it's empty, that means that our tombs will be empty as well. Because the most common phrase in the entire New Testament is the phrase, in Christ. It's used over 215 times. In Christ. Meaning, we are in relationship with him. We are united to him. So when we are in relationship with Jesus, we are united to him in his death. And that's how our, the evil in our hearts, our sin is destroyed. But we're also united to him in his life. And that's why the Apostle Paul says he's the first fruit of the resurrection, meaning he's the first one to be raised from the dead. But if we're in relationship with Jesus, that's us too. So if you don't follow Jesus, are you ready for all of that life-changing good news? That the two problems you have, that you know you have, that you have evil in your heart and that you're going to die, that Jesus has dealt with both of those problems. Are you ready to trust in a God who was so good that he came to die for you? He came to deal with your sin, and then he was victorious over it so that you can live. Now I know it takes faith to believe that story. 
because we weren't there for that story. We didn't get to be like Mary, who got to go and look in an empty tomb and go, Jesus isn't here. We didn't get to experience that. But I want to tell you this, that the good news of Jesus, this story of how he dealt with your sin and he dealt with your death, that story makes sense of your story. And the only way that you'll ever know really who you are is as you find yourself in this grand story that God is writing. No story makes sense of your story like the story of Jesus Christ. Your brokenness, your sin, and also the love in your life and the relationships and the kindness and goodness, all those things are made sense of by Jesus who experienced all of what life had to offer and then died for us and was raised to new life. Put your hope in Jesus because his life-changing resurrection changes everything. The author of Hebrews says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Hoping in Jesus looks like having confidence that he can deal with your greatest problems, which are the evil in your heart and the fact that you're going to die. We all have those problems, and that's why we all need Jesus. And so if you do say that you hope in Jesus, if that's already you, if you say, yes, I know Jesus, and I love him, and I hope for him, well, here's, here's the rub for you this morning, and that's that this good news, this gospel, this proclamation of who Jesus is and what he's done, The gospel writers didn't just write it down so that we could kind of tuck it in our pocket and when things are hard later on, we could pull it out and be encouraged by it and it would be really good for us. That's a little piece of it, but this is a proclamation that we're meant to participate in. We're meant meant to be a part of this, to be a part of this proclamation going out to every square inch of this world. Church, we need to live like this good news is true because if Jesus is the king, and the way that he lived his life is the way that we're living our life, then what that means is that Jesus changes our marriage, and he changes how we interact with our parents or how we interact with our kids. He changes how we use our money. He changes everything. And that's how the gospel, the good news of Jesus, ends up pervading every aspect of our life. Church, Easter is about that good news, good news going forward. When they went and found an empty tomb on that first Easter morning, they started to go and tell everyone that they could. Because the king has won the war. The king has defeated our greatest enemy. And we get to participate in his kingdom. Because the king chose you. And the king loves you. So let's live out the reality that our greatest enemy has been defeated. That God has solved the problems of the evil in our heart and the fact that we're going to die. And we can bring the good news that Jesus is risen and that he reigns to every square inch of our surrounding area. Jesus' resurrection changed everything. Jesus changes everything. He is risen indeed. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.